Well, happy December, Marys. We are coming to you with a very special rebroadcast this week of a discussion we had a year ago of Home Alone with the fabulous Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, a lovely free skate episode just for you. Um, mm. Yes, this is from about uh, about a year ago exactly. And uh, so obviously, if there's anything we say that doesn't sound socially distanced, take that into consideration. <laughs> we didn't know. I wonder, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hopefully we don't bring up the, uh, I think last year was the holiday special, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I, cause I, I don't. Think oh I no, you know what? That yet. was probably that was probably two years ago. Actually, now that I think about it. Oh right? yeah. Oh God, I don't know. Last year feels like two years ago. I. Oh wow. I yeah. couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you when the holiday special was. Um, uh, well, you I, know what they say. You know how we talk about sleepy time movies a lot. You know where movies you can put on, and you know it's just calm enough that you could put it on and fall asleep to it and you wouldn't wake up suddenly and if you did wake up there's enough parts that like you're calmed so uh, this to me this movie home alone isn't necessarily a sleepy time movie it's a pizza time movie oh yeah i mean it's and uh, you know there is the infamous quote of you know a lovely cheese pizza just for me that comes you know halfway through the movie but like Mm. it opens with mm. pizza. And oh my like, god, you can smell it. You, you can smell, smell it. it. You can smell it. And you know the thing with Home Alone is not only is it a pizza time movie, but it it brings up a craving for like a Coke that I never mm-hmm. have cuz I don't drink. I drink Diet Coke sometimes, but I have no interest in regular Coke. And watching this, I'm like spill that Coke all over me as if I am Kevin McAllister's plane ticket. Like it's just mm. You know, <laughs> uh, my mind immediately went to Fuller. It's like because uh, I picture you now slurping the Coke and somebody saying, you don't want to sleep with Colin. He wets the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would say only if you ask. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I love this opening scene because, well, obviously the chaos and uh, there's just something, you know, engaging about it. That There's so many parts. It's great exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it takes place in that house, which we have many words for uh, during our our discussion for this mm. uh, episode. But. I love the the smell of the pizza, and it doesn't happen so much anymore because I don't know why, but do you remember when the pizza would be steaming? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean— It doesn't pe- happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, don't, I whenever I get a pizza, it's never steaming. It's just like, mm. hey, I'm here. I made it. Uh, yeah, I made it. Right, I made right, it. right. I mean, To the you know, point where—oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, maybe the key to the pizza being steaming is that— it sits on your lap in the passenger seat and the car home from the pizza place. Like maybe that's what <laughs> keeps it steaming. Cause I don't do that anymore either. You know, that's true. I mean, th- one thing that I just, yeah, it's like the image of it being cold, right. And cold mm-hmm. enough that you're walking to your front door, your back door from the car or wherever. And the pizza is steaming and you can see it because it's so cold outside. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's why I, I think Home Alone gives me pizza time realness because it makes me want pizza. It makes me nostalgic. I think we talk about that in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly pizza in the winter time with this movie, all nostalgia. Every single shot of pizza in this movie is mouthwatering. It's the best pizza. And for a movie set in Chicago, boy, do they have great pizza. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, don't tell a New Yorker that. No. <laughs> No, but it looks like like this is some you know imported pizza. This is it some, does. It looks like New York pizza. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think uh, of course uh, it's. I don't remember how much pizza talk is in this episode, but I think it's great that we're covering it now because I do know that uh, a significant part of our discussion is celebrating the the short film within Home Alone of Kate McAllister trying to get home to her kid. Uh. Uh, and you know, okay, ma'am, we'll send a police officer to your house you know, and check on your son. Check on your son, yeah. And the guy with the donut. Oh, and, the donut. Oh. Yeah. Okay, ma'am, we'll send a police officer over to your house to check on your son. Yeah. Check on your son. Check on your son. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you know, and her at the airport. You love the earrings. I mean, it's, oh god, that part. Oh, that's I think our clip you love of the, the week. Earrings, right? Yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, no, that part. That is Catherine O'Hara peak. I mean. Obviously, for many people, it was either this movie or Beetlejuice that they met Catherine O'Hara. But whichever one you saw first, you always were like, oh, it's the woman from that movie. Yes. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's interesting now that there are some people who are discovering her through Schitt's Creek and their minds are blown that Catherine mm. O'Hara is, is the same actress who played the mom in Home Alone and Beetlejuice. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, yes, and she was in Best in Show. And, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, for your consideration. Waiting for government. Waiting for, for consideration. Guffman, Absolutely. A mighty Wind. It's like SCTV. It's like, yes. I don't know, not to be a Catherine O'Hara snob, but there's a part of me that's just like, really? Y'all right. didn't show up to Shit's Creek with that reference point? Right. Part of the excitement of it was because she was Catherine O'Hara from Home Alone and Beetlejuice. Oh, completely. Completely. The 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 audacity right the audacity <laughs> the erasure the o'hara erasure i just you know if we don't remember these these movies we forget these movies yeah no she is she has her own movie in this movie it's uh for people that love Catherine o'hara a lot of it is because of the nostalgia because we always remember her as you know mrs McAllister, kevin's mom yeah, and for I think for people our age, it's like she was, you know, a a a mother figure in our media, in our like regularly consumed media at a young age, and so I feel like there's that feeling now of like I don't see her as not a mom, you know, like it's so mm -hmm. crazy to not see her that way because that's how I met her, uh, right? But yes, yeah, she is fabulous in this movie, uh, and of course all of her moments with John Candy, which we queen out about, are. Uh. Um, you know, Canadian comedian gold. Mm, right, because they knew each other, correct? Yeah, they were both on SCTV together. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you talked about it in this episode, but uh, about the imp like that scene was improvised or something, right? Uh, yes, I think that his intro when he's talking when he goes polka polka polka, oh, I yeah, think polka all of polka, that polka. is improvised. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And she's just reacting. Yeah, she's and just she's like, just brilliantly uh, <laughs> reacting. Like that I I know we queen out on that is like as funny as he is, it's it's the notes that she plays in contrast that make those scenes so good. Yeah, and you know what's funny about Catherine O'Hara is, you know, we we understand her work later as a brilliant improviser, as a comedian, and this role shouldn't have been funny, but she she allows herself to have funny moments, like the time of her uh, on the the payphone. Hello, hello. Uh -huh. um, yeah, pick yeah. up, right? <laughs> yeah, pick up, pick up. Yeah, yeah. She. I feel like that's like, I think the key of having like a comedic actress in dramatic moments is she can still find those little comedic threads mm. uh, that like keep it in that world. It, it never feels like she, even at her most serious in these in in these scenes when she's just like begging for help from anybody. It never feels like it gets too heavy. Like, I still feel like she she still lightens it up where she can. For sure, because she understands that this is, a, you know, a blockbuster movie. It's light. It's the holidays, you know. Yeah. Uh, she's, uh, yeah, she's so good in this. And, um, of course, we did do a recap of Home Alone 2, uh, which does come up a little bit in this episode. So, of course, if you are not a Matreon and you want to, after hearing this, want to hear our Home Alone 2 recap... All you have, or other episodes like this, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash allrightmary and get yourself either, uh, you can get yourself a month-to-month -month subscription, you can become an only Mary, you could become, a, get a yearly subscription and get a discount and lock yourself <gasps> in for all of our season 13 after shows and all the other mm. bonus episodes we're going to do. So uh, if you're looking to do a little Christmas shopping for yourself or those that you love who enjoy All Right Mary... Let this be uh, one to hop on your list. Right. There are two people on this podcast, and yeah. you're the only one who has to cause trouble. Two turtle doves. <laughs> yeah. Two turtle doves. You know, there is a uh, just one final kind of thought. Uh, recently, well, first of all, I should say my nephew, new nephew, born in June, his name is Kevin. So, of course, 
It's yeah. ju- it, I I just will always be quoting Home Alone around my yeah. poor little nephew, right? Forever, Kevin, yeah. Kevin, you are such a disease. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I'd save that one for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> you're with the French called les incompetents. Um, <laughs> so uh, what I was gonna say is I was recently on YouTube, and I saw one of these you know clip polls, and I saw a clip that said uh, it was Home Alone with blood. <laughs> Oh, God. Because, you know, these robbers get, uh, or burglars, oh. get so beat up, and there's yes. no blood. Yes. There's no blood. Yes. No, that is, I mean, I'm sure that comes up in this episode is how ridiculously violent Home Alone is. Sure. And, and yet, yeah, these these are injuries that would maim and kill anybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, the there's the one that I watched was from Home Alone 2 when Kevin throws... <laughs> Throws the brick down. Yeah. <laughs> and so, was it just an explosion <laughs> of, of brain matter all over the street? Well, it wasn't that to that extent. But, you know, he falls on the ground. Uh, this is Marv. Uh, he falls on the ground first, you know, after getting hit by the first brick. And the second brick hits him square in the face. And it, it yeah, it just, it puts a hole in his head. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that would solve that problem. Boy, would that be a shorter movie. <laughs> Like 50 minutes uh, in, it's like, listen, bird lady, our problems are solved. I don't need you. <laughs> oh, the bird lady. The what bird was lady. her name? You love her. Brenda Fricker. I love oh, her. Oh, Brenda Fricker. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Best Supporting Actress <laughs> Oscar winner, Brenda Fricker. Oh, fabulous. Tap, yeah. tap, fabulous. Tap, tap, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, they are the, the two Home Alone movies, right? They are... Uh, holiday staples, I think no matter what religion you celebrate, uh, but I guess I'm, you know, speaking out of turn there. But I just feel like it it smells like winter. It smells like home. It smells like pizza. And it's something to put on when you're having a pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I think the holidays are a great time to have those movies you just put on in the background that just add to the energy of the holidays. And I think Home Alone... I know for me, yeah, it's just like when I if I put on Home Alone in the background, it is like a, a Saturday morning two weeks before Christmas mm. and we're like decorating the tree, you know? Oh, mm. it yeah. Ugh, I just love the smell of this movie. I just Yeah. Love it. Oh, that pizza Ugh. smells so good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, let's uh without further ado, let's throw them over to this recap discussion and yeah. uh we'll call it We'll call it a stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that sounds uh, th- that sounds great. Well, uh, this is your free skate episode, and you have to protect it. <laughs> Enjoy, Marys. <laughs> hey, Marys. Let's talk about therapy for a minute. I could honestly talk about therapy all day. Same. I think anyone could benefit from seeing a therapist. Totally. I also think it's very easy to talk yourself out of seeing a therapist, deciding it's too expensive or too hard to find a therapist. Or just not wanting to have to go to the doctor's office every week. Especially now when it might not feel safe to even go outside. Which is why we're big fans of BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. You don't need to leave the couch. And it's super easy to schedule weekly phone or video sessions. Plus, you can send a message to your counselor anytime and expect a timely and thoughtful response. And if you want to change counselors for any reason, it's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. And no surprise, it's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy. And on top of that, there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. That's H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. I'm sorry. Excuse me, you have places to go, people to see. Got a ticket there. It's good. Excuse me. Look, I have been awake for almost 60 hours. 
I'm tired and I'm dirty. I've been from Chicago to Paris to Dallas to... Where the hell am I? Scranton. I am trying to get home to my eight-year-old son. And now that I'm this close, you're telling me it's hopeless. I'm sorry. No! No, 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 no way! This is Christmas! The season of perpetual hope! Mammoth. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs me everything I own. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself. I am going to get home to my son. Ah, uh, ma'am, if there was anything at all I could do for do, you today... Do anything. I, I can get you a hotel room. What? You know, to be honest, I would be totally fine if Home Alone was just a short film called I'm Trying to Get Home to My Son. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those movies. I what was it? Yes, it was Inside Out. I watched Inside Out uh, without. The, you can find it on Vimeo, I think. Uh, but it's every scene not inside her head. And it's a, it's a very interesting movie to watch. And mm. there's just something uh, kind of. Charming and very sad about it uh, and real. And Home Alone, I feel like just seeing not what Kevin did, but the short film about trying to get home to see your kid, there's a whole other beautiful Christmas story there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really uh, exactly like I think it's a it, it's an interesting take on I'll be home for Christmas, you know, mm. uh, and I think it's like it. There is this like palpable like energy of like this woman just needs to get to her kid, uh, you know. It, it I'll say at the outset, yeah. There's there's a lot of elements to this that I'm like, okay, we've create we've created a a, a rare no win situation here, you know. Um, but if that's what we have to do to to get Catherine O'Hara freaking out at a at an airport, you know, uh, ticket manager, then I'll take it. What do you, what do you mean by a no win? I just situation? mean like the idea of like there's no flights, there's no flights whatsoever, oh, and like okay. no one is volunteering to help, and there's no one that they can reach at all. I know who could go check on Kevin. The cops are useless. It's like you're not in like small town America. Just call another police department. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, there's so many ways that this could be resolved. I. Yeah, I have to say there are a lot of plot holes in Home Alone at the outset. Like, I think everybody kind of knows that already, so I don't want to spend time on yeah. on any of that. But, yes, they could have easily gone home. I mean, she has so much money from Scranton, she could have hired a cab. Well, that's the thing is, like, she ends up just driving, essentially. It's like, yeah, you could have just gotten a car yourself. You could have – yeah, there's so many things – that she could have done because she right. has money. <laughs> and boy, does she have a lot of it. Don't worry, Frank. We have cash. Uh, yeah. She's got the Rolex watch. She's got the, the travel, the, the pocket translator, the earrings. It's not a you real love Rolex. Watch, <laughs> yeah. <so>. <laughs> but who can tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. No, the yeah. earrings. You love the earrings. The earrings. You love the earrings. <laughs> You know, it's I. I think the choice of Catherine O'Hara for this role, for the mom role, that is that only gets like two, maybe like two or three funny moments. Like, like in terms of everybody in this movie who gets really funny moments, she gets so few. But when you put a like incredible comedic actress in this role, there's just like you know what I mean. Like that just like it always informs her entire performance. Is someone sure. who can find the funniest note. Like her scenes with John Candy, where all she's left to do is just kind of like uncomfortably listen, mm. because she knows how to be so fucking funny. Like she can find ways to even make that interesting. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Obviously, you watched what I watched. That. Uh, what was it? How movies were made. What was it called? Oh, the Netflix? movies that made us. Yeah. The movies that made us. Yeah. That learning that so much of John Candy was improvised because both of them are just that's their wheelhouse made yeah. so much sense to me watching it. I was like oh my god of course Catherine O'Hara knows exactly what to do with John Candy in this moment yeah that, and that was what was really fun to watch was knowing he was improvising it was then watching how she kept the volley going and <laughs> right right and like she's such a great example in these scenes of not of of being a good improv partner because she lets him go on and she kind of encourages it and listens versus what I think a lot of people's instinct is to like shut it down or go straight to a place of skepticism, which right. I think just ruins improv. 
Right. She was just kind of charmed and allowing it all. And, uh, mm-hmm. and in terms of Kate McAllister, right? Like she, oh, oh, Davina DeCampo. Oh, oh. beep, beep. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Trying to get so to Kevin. Extra. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, just speaking about Kate McAllister and what that character would do. I mean, she is, she's like waiting for him to offer her the ride. Like she knows what's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to be polite and patient as best right. she can. Like, I love that there's the nuance of him talking about them selling all the records. And she says, oh, it, in Chicago? And he says, she, like, she, <laughs> like, you know, like, let's it continue. It's just, it's great. And obviously, like, I mean, the scene of them, uh, like, any of any of their scenes, any of their scenes. Oh, the clarinet. He, the oh clarinet. God, I love that. Yeah. yeah. When The way that she goes, no, thank no. you. Like, the right. way that and she's done. <laughs> Or like the scene when they're talking and he's talking about leaving the kid at the funeral home and the kid being traumatized and she's like, I'm, I sh- let's not talk about it. And he's like, well, you asked. And she's like, I know. I'm sorry. I did. I forgot how funny that was. Like, I know. I'm sorry. I did. Like it was – it's so hard to make that funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean just even the nuance of this bougie woman because she is – fucking bougie yes. Kate McAllister Ugh. Mm-hmm. by the way she also calls all those shots but just the nuance of her interacting with blue collar dudes mm-hmm. oh yeah I mean she has such like a, a a gentle energy in so many scenes that like uh, she has very she has a very breathy voice like mm. Catherine O'Hara can go into like a and she does it a few times like when she goes what Hello, pick up. Yeah, oh like, my god, I love the what. Yes. Yeah, like, oh my god, when he when John Candy first like, yes. sneaks up, he goes, Whoa, what? That is what? What? <laughs> so funny. It's, oh but, like, god, out of nowhere. <laughs> so and she'll do and so we like you know that tone, like when she goes into that like that hearty chest voice, but she's mm. she's almost in like Moira Rose Shits Creek territory with how breathy she stays. Mm-hmm. And how like basically she underplays everything just a little bit, you know? I I think so. I loved her performance uh, at the phone booth the, when she's calling the police, mm. and she gives that canned line as if she's you know a mother from the PTA calling the school. Yes. Hi, I'm a concerned mother. My child has been left at home. Like she knows how to do that cadence because she's a mother that has called the school and has been concerned, but doesn't want to sound hyper or pushy, even though. They they call her that, right? Right, right. Like, she needs to kind of, like, calmly explain the situation so she can get it dealt with. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, like, this, this mother-in-control thing. Like, I even think the narrative of, like, that it's her who's, you know, going on this journey home, that it's not the father, that he's not the one going on the journey. She is. The man mm-hmm. is the one staying home with the kids. Right, right. Well, and that's a whole other fucking can of worms about their relationship, which I just, oh, God, he is useless. Like, he makes the money, Mm, and he's useless. He really is. He is kind of useless. Yeah, I mean, he's also the one who throws away Kevin's ticket, so it's like he's part of the reason all this happened. Right. He's also in the second movie in Home Alone 2. He's the reason they oversleep again because he unplugs the alarm clock. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the second movie in forever. Uh, Oh, oh, well, he also is, you know, he loses Kevin at the airport. Kevin gets on the wrong plane. It's mm -hmm. all the father's fucking fault. Yeah. And he he just never takes any ownership. But anyway, I love how she literally wears the pants in the relationship. Like she's wearing pantsuits, which I just think is so appropriate and fabulous and very Chicago suburb. Like there's something so Right on the nose about who Kate McAllister is. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that that character is the one going on this journey. Yes. And like, again, could just watch a whole movie that like, like if they, if they reversed it so that all the time that is spent with Kate is the amount of time spent with Kevin and then all, and then vice versa, that the bulk of the movie is Kate's journey. Mm. That's what I'd love to see because I think like, I don't know. Like, I think that idea of that, like, bougie Chicago suburbs mom having to, like, jump from airport to airport to airport and, like, get into a budget van. Like, that's – I don't know. Like, 
I was saying before, like, oh, well, you know, she has money, so she doesn't have to do all this. But part of the reason that it's interesting is that she has money. Yeah, and I mean, she kind of is acting like something of a beggar, like Fontaine from Les Miserables. Like, when she's, like, selling her watch, selling her tickets, you know, when she says, oh, I also have a ring, and she looks at the ring and kind of cringes. Yeah. Because she just doesn't, she's like, I I can't believe I'm giving up my ring. Right, like, it's come to this, that I'm giving up my ring. I know, that was a great little moment, yeah. Oh, Um, God. I'm desperate. I'm begging you from a mother to a mother. That speech is that also could have been a clip of the week. Obviously, you know, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself is the end of that scene uh, Mm -hmm. that we saw in this clip of the week. But that scene I I loved because she almost was kind of welling up. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to the woman that you would play. Um, oh, yes, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, if I wasn't playing the ant, I would play. Right, I guess I could do are, both. Yes. Yeah, yes. And do you know who I would play? Um, I think that you. Oh, give me a second. I feel like. I mean, you might be like the French like ticket agent. It's like I'm sorry, ma'am. We've done everything mm. we can. Uh, I'd like to stay at the airport. Um, yeah. No, the one I would play is. It's a small role, and I don't care. She's the grocery clerk. That's what I thought, the grocery yeah. store clerk. He's like, who's yeah. like questioning if he's like old enough or like, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A I stranger. Figured. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's who I would play. Uh, you would, you could also play the Jimmy, stop that boy, the toothbrush lady. Uh, Do you know that scene when he's like, is this toothbrush FDA approved and she's like oh I don't know let me find out for you oh right 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 yes 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 I would any of any old lady any old <laughs> lady any older woman also I'd love to play Catherine O'Hara I mean let's be real oh we all would yes yeah we're all fighting for that role right she's also not that old she was 36 when she filmed this yeah yeah uh yeah she's uh a young mom. A young you know? mom. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. In the beginning of the movie, I'm like, I don't know which one are their kids and which one. But so, like, it's not till the end that you realize. And then you see them and you're like, there is no through line in these, like, in the way that these kids look and mm. how, like, how it compares to the parents. Like, it's just, like, two of them are blonde. One of them's a redhead. One of them, it's just weird family. Yeah. I, I feel like the only McAllister's. Unless there's a sister I don't know about, but I feel like the only McAllisters are Buzz and Kevin that live in that huge mansion. But it, why would, like, at the end of the movie, why would the dad come home with just some of the kids and not Frank and, and Carol or whatever her name is? Um, or That's, Lydia. Wait, no. Frank and Carol came, or Lydia, they came back, didn't well, they? No, they're not in that last scene. Weird. Yeah. Weird. So, well, I know, I... I I mean, obviously, like it, I, yeah, yeah. It's a weird little plot hole, but not all of them were their kids. They only had like two or three kids. But then, why would those kids come home with the dad? Yeah, I again, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's, weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's just like it's just strange. And I mean, I don't know. Not for nothing. Like just while we're on that, it's like. The fact that she goes through this whole journey and then they walk in the door 30 seconds later and it's like, if you just waited, you know, like, and then she's supposed to just laugh that off. She does. Yeah. Like, like, do you know what I just went through? And he says, well, it was the morning, it was the morning flight you didn't want to wait for. So rubbing it in. Well, you know what? Like, I feel like that's also. That's also part of the irony and also what would make the story even more heartfelt if it was just her journey. Because, yeah, she went through all of it despite that she needed to keep moving. She couldn't just wait. She had to always be working for her son. Yeah, and that's how I see it. It's like, well, I'm not going to just sit around and eat cheese and then like eat wait. chips. Was, yeah, sitting around eating chips. I'm going to like always be moving towards solving this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that moment. I mean, because this is one of those obviously childhood movies, and I feel like it, it shows up certainly, you know, 1990. I was five, so wildly formative age. Um, where it's like that scene at the end when she steps around the corner and it it brings up so many feelings of like being lost in a Toys R Us and then finally seeing my mom, you know? It like I welled up when she showed up. It was just like oh, mom oh. because it's like it because that image like showed up first in my life at a time when that was like a a 
uh, a terrible fear, you know? Um, mm. And so here oh, was, wow. so here was an image of finding mom again. And so it was like, it just became this indelible moment for me of like the feeling of finding your mom again after you lose her in the store. So obviously we've, we have very different mothers. Uh, if, if it was cool back in the eighties, my mother would have put me on a leash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If it was cool, but you know, people would have looked at her funny. So of course, sure. Uh, Is that because you were always running around, or no? Because she just would, she would have to know where we were all the time. Oh, I see. That there was just she. That would never happen. I mean, but it was the kind of thing where it's like my mom's like looking at something, and I just like wander into the next aisle, and like to me, I feel like I'm in Siberia, and Mm. you know. But and or if it was at Toys R Us, it's like I'm probably running around doing that anyway. Like, oh, I'm gonna go look at the action figures, and I'm like running up ahead, and I'm creating that situation. So, um. You know, yeah, so it, it I've was, never, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't have any memories of of that specifically with my mom. I do have memories of being left behind, but they didn't have anything to do with my mom. Uh, yeah, uh, I this the ending scene for me was just pretty and had really nice music, um, and obviously there's it's emotional, right? But I didn't have any tie to my own childhood. The ties to my own childhood were watching black and white movies while eating garbage or rubbish as he says and pizza and like just seeing the pizza in this movie like it's pavlov's dog for me oh yeah home alone always makes me want to have pizza yeah totally oh and just to kind of bridge from our last conversation about our last uh christmas movie a movie that i curl up to in the winter at christmas time and i know that you don't is harry potter and I know that you don't. Well, you uh, hate Harry Potter. You I don't hate, hate it. Potter. I'm just—I've never gotten into it. Like I. Oh, it's, I thought it, you hated it. Okay. No, I don't have. I don't have enough knowledge of it to hate it. I mean, you know, I, I make fun of it because it's easy. Um, <laughs> no, I can see that it has. I mean, it wasn't the first one directed by Chris Columbus as well. Yes. So yes. I could see how it has that same like cozy, comfy feeling. Yeah, John Williams. There's Christmas scenes in it. Yeah, it's it's a good movie and it's long. It's like two and a half hours, and I'm like, ugh, put it on. There's parts. Yeah. Yeah. parts yeah um yeah i don't know i don't think i have any like or i don't know what my cozy christmas movies are um i mean i guess home alone sort of feels like one in a way home alone yeah. kind of feels to me and again this is probably tying to some like childhood memory of like decorating the house for christmas and home alone's on in the background mm-hmm. or like you know like the weekend before christmas like that saturday morning like feeling a, like this sort of like you know, the, the, almost like we're, oh, my God, I feel like I, this is what Christmas is going to feel like, you know? Yeah, I um, see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, Christmas is one of those movies that are on in the background on the TV while something else is going on, whether it's actually Christmas Day festivities or it's Christmas Eve festivities. Christmas Eve festivities for me, Scrooge, uh, not Scrooge, um, A Christmas Carol, like the one from 1936. Uh-huh. Like that's that's always on in the background or a Muppets Christmas Carol. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like Christmas Eve, I think when I was a kid, I think it was, I guess it was Christmas Day. Eventually they they had like a Christmas story on 24 hours, but mm. um, that's I still, still have fe- not seen that movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, a part of me would say, oh, do it as a Matreon, but uh, I mean, I, there it's actually could totally work as a Matreon. Um, okay. Marco is working his litter box as we speak, so I'm hoping that's getting picked up by the mic. But oh, uh, I can't hear it. It has a great the mom in it is it's a great performance. Okay, uh, I mean I think I said this last year, but my go to Christmas movie that I'll watch alone every year is A Diva's Christmas Carol, which you can unfortunately only find on DVD. I but I think I've seen it online. I mean that's uh, uh, illegally, right? Like I don't of think course. you can. Oh yeah, yeah you oh, can't purchase yeah. it. Is what I mean. You can't like buy it on Amazon Prime. I guess I watched it illegally. Yeah, probably on on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, Home Alone is certainly the ending scene. I, I, you know, that Netflix special, Movies That Made Us, finding out about, like, the snowstorm that happened and then mm-hmm. rushing to the set mm-hmm. and knowing that it was real snow. I was like, okay, this is, this is very sweet. It's very cute. 
Yeah, I would say like that the movies that made us that episode about Home Alone is so worth seeing. Just like mm-hmm. the whole story of this little movie that had like very little budget, very little expectation of doing well. It was kind of like it almost didn't happen at all. And like it's it's just how fucking successful it has been and like just what it has started and like um I don't know, like I just I didn't realize that. I didn't put together because there were so many big names attached to it that I just assumed it was this like you know, studio movie that everyone was really mm-hmm. excited about. And it's like, um, it, it just like grew into that, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, Macaulay Culkin blew up because of this movie. I think he was in uncle buck before this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you know, very little. And it was this movie. And I have to say he carried the movie. Like he was, he was it. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, watching it again, it's like, you know, he he was a very charming child actor. He was very capable. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, kid actors, ugh, but I normally, Culkin, yeah, yeah he, he owns it. I'm yeah, to him. Yeah. I agree. I normally don't like kid actors, but he, uh, he's, he's very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I wondered about, or I wish they had on that Netflix special is, how many takes Catherine O'Hara did for Kevin. Oh, I was thinking about that, about like the filming of it and like the idea of it. And like, like if there were different like ways that they were thinking of doing it. Um, Cause it just feels like that's, that is the iconic moment. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can imagine maybe they did three or four takes. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. It's like Valerie Cherish auditioning to be Kate McAllister. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Wake up, wake up, Kevin. <laughs> we did it again. Or we slept in. We slept in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we slept uh, in. <laughs> uh, I think was it. Um, I think it was Evan Ross Katz. He posted a tweet. It was like, who would play Valerie oh, Cherish's mother yes, and like season, this. if there was a season three. Yeah. Um, I Moira love Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I also, I love that so many of the answers were uh, Shelley Long. I mean, Oh, of course. But yeah, I mean, I, I could certainly see Catherine O'Hara doing it. Oh yeah. I mean, Oh God. Oh man. Bring it back and bring, give like, let's see who, who that mother is. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. God. Um, speaking of the the comeback, when Catherine O'Hara picks up the phone from that French lady, she goes, hello, hello, hello. Uh, this whole little scene, not a lot, right, of nuance, but we do hear her when she says, uh, I guess Sergeant Balzac is like, has he, has he been molested, blah, blah, blah. And she's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I, I hope not. Did you notice how she says that? Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, 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 yeah. Um, oh, God, that scene. That scene always, like, makes me – I think about that donut. I think about those donuts Ugh, and the donut the that, phone. that lands on the phone. Oh, my God. That – such an indelible memory, the fucking donut. Um, Ugh, gross. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, Home Alone, It's what it, especially for people our age, it's like – it's such a weird movie to revisit and analyze because mm. I realize how much of it is like, oh my god, that's a detail that's been impr- in, imprinted yes. on my mind forever. You know, yes. like yes. when they talked about in that Netflix thing how intentionally so much of what was it, the interior of the house was that forest green, and then mm. watching it like the towels, the couch, the wallpaper, the counter, everything is green, and it's yeah. Um, but like that all read to me when I was a kid. I that that's the if someone said you know what's a predominant color of Home Alone, I'd say that that color green. Mm. Um, but now like I know that it's like an intentional thing, you know. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, the speaking of like details that just stick with you, the pizza boy delivery guy. Yeah. The way yeah. there's there's okay so like there's something hot about him, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that aside. There's one moment where Kevin says, why didn't you bring any more cheese pizzas? Yes. And he does and that he, little nonverbal yes. response. Oh, yeah. God. I'm just like, oh, that's it. That moment sticks with me so much. And I don't know why. He's also kind of lesbian. Yes. He has very much a lesbian vibe. I 
I kind of wish he was. Kind of like yeah, the, me too. The the female police officer on the switchboard. She's got a very oh, lesbian vibe. Oh. Um, <laughs> hang on. Hang yeah. on. Okay, we'll send someone to your house to check on your son. Um, but she's great. She's, she's great. great. But yeah, the pizza delivery kid. I always think of. Nice tip. Thanks. Oh yeah. Nice um, tip. And Thanks I feel like a lot. that was yeah. a line that as a kid I the way he says it, it sounds like he's complimenting something about her. And right. it didn't occur to me that he was like thanking her for the tip on the, on the bill. Yeah. Cause it was probably a huge tip. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. probably gave him like, if it was 135, she probably gave him like, you know, 160 bucks. Yeah. It was 122. She probably did give him 160 and he's yeah. like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then he keeps bumping into that damn statue. He doesn't deserve the tip at all. Yeah. Oh, statue! And he has that little car. That little <laughs> doesn't he have that little like the little buggy. Yeah, that stupid car. Oh. That stupid car. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The detail of him eating the ice cream and with all those toppings on it, like mm. and putting it in his mouth. That detail sticks with me. Uh, the obviously. The, the bags falling. It's something I think about often when I'm carrying plastic bags. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. they fall, and I'm just like, oh, that is a worry. And I learned that worry from watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, the movie yeah, plays on that, like, the, the fear of the, of the furnace in the basement. And, like, mm. just, like, yeah, the, uh, even, even when he's, like, upstairs and he, and he hears the door, like, someone knocking on the door and it's the cop. Like, that feeling of, like, oh, my God, there's somebody knocking. It yeah. doesn't feel like, oh, good, someone's here to help me. It's like, oh, no, I'm in danger. You're a right. stranger. Yeah. Right, right. So it You're plays on those things that, like, I think as a kid, it's almost like it's – it's made knowing that there are things that kids are going to just like get, you know, I was that so intentional. Do you think, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the movie's written by John Hughes. So I would mm. assume that like, yeah, there's a sense of intention about like why he's showing what he's showing. Yeah. Okay. So we have to talk about this. Then the Mac and cheese moment, the fact that he doesn't eat it. Oh, Kills me. Kills and it's me. Like, it's again like Pavlov's dog. Like it looked so good. Yeah. It wasn't like a Kraft mac and cheese. It was no. a Stouffer's. Yeah. It was yeah. that creamy Ugh. shell. Like like a and doodle. He, yeah. And he didn't fucking eat it. Furious. Ugh. Furious. Terrible. Just Ugh. terrible. Ugh. I, it's if really it makes the, you feel any better. I forgot my reading glasses. Sorry. What's that? <laughs> That's from the movie. Uh, oh, was oh, that Frank? She's, yeah, Frank. Because she's like catatonic on the plane, and they're like, "Kate, we're so sorry." And he's like, "Well, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses." Oh, right. Yeah. It's like you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. So, like, fun fact: when my computer goes to sleep and you wake it up to put in a password. It says underneath, look what you did, you little jerk. Oh, that's, that's very, it's very funny. It's very funny. Um, yeah, I want to find somewhere where I could incorporate the line, a lovely cheese pizza just for me. Oh, God. And whenever I get one, it's, it is just for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I know it's making me want pizza right now. I don't need it. I'm not even that hungry, but I'm like, oh, oh I man. want it. Yeah, I definitely uh. want it. Um, so uh, we should talk about another scene. And then there's one other aspect I want to talk about. Uh, plus, you know, anything you want to add. But the third floor scene between her and Kevin. Oh, the face work that yes. she does. The face journey uh. that she goes on. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god when she said and then the way that she says i hope you don't mean that you know yes. like like yes. it's so m- perfect mom energy it's mom energy but there's also this like mystic nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the movie where it's like you know i'm i'm gonna be the fortune teller here like i hope you don't mean that say yeah, it again she, yeah maybe she, it'll happen She's like that thing in Big, you know, like oh the, yeah, 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 Voltar, yeah, yeah, Zoltar, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, totally. They 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 present it's is it oh, the only thing missing is the like wind chime sound sound effect, mm-hmm. you know, of like mm-hmm. maybe if you say it again, it'll come true. Uh, it's yeah, they practically telegraph it. But yeah, that scene is great. She 
She's great. I, I always remember that of just like this, like this tenderness about it. But then what's great about it, very tender. Sorry. I said it and I heard it. Um, I, had to, I had to gus out for a moment. But what's also great is that once Kevin stomps upstairs, she kind of almost rolls her eyes a little bit like, oh, for God's sake, and closes the door. Like right. she she can see through someone saying I hate you but it still hurts a little bit oh you you see the pain you certainly feel the pain Mm -hmm. yes it's there but she also knows that Kevin's a handful she's like oh this kid when she's on the phone in the very first scene yes she she says oh this kid yeah oh I love that she has some like very like muted lines like Mm -hmm. muttered lines Ugh. God. Yeah. Talking about the dog at the kennel and Mm -hmm. yeah, she Mm -hmm. she has that phone cord. I'm like, what a perfect prop for her in this scene. Yeah. Packing and on the phone, gabbing this bougie woman from Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Ugh. God bless her. Love. God bless her. So speaking of this third floor scene, Kevin is like, you know, I don't want a family. Families suck. Everybody Mm. in this family hates me. I have to call it out because it's all right, Mary. Kevin is the queer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, I kind of feel like the even the acting out is just kind of like rebelling against this structure kind of thing. Yeah, everybody. He's up. He's the problem. He's left behind. He's forgotten about. He has to fend for himself. He, you know, doesn't, you know, every single ally that he's supposed to have, which in the kids they all fucking shun him. He's such a disease. He's a jerk, right? I I just feel like he is the he's the outcast here, and I kind of love that we get to see him just kind of take control of of, of his house. This is his house, and he needs to protect it. He has to protect it. This is yeah. my house, and I have to protect it. It's like yeah, okay, all right, with the acting, but. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I no, I hear you, and and it's interesting, right? That he's like, yeah, this this house that belongs to these people who he feels no affinity to. But then by the end, he's like, you know, he becomes the, yeah, the, the protector of these, like the queer becomes the, like the most powerful one of the family. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And kind of, you know, it's a coming of age in a way of like, you know, he changes by the end. He's like, Hey, yeah, I got the eggs, the milk, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That's, it's an interesting point of view. I feel like, Taking that to Home Alone 2 is like, well, then what happens in Home Alone 2? You know, who's Kevin well, in Home Alone 2? Well, he goes to New York, so. <laughs> I think exactly. What a, what a queers do, they leave the Midwest and they go to New York. <laughs> yeah, they take their daddy's bag and yep. credit card and go to New York and they stay take, at the plaza. <laughs> they take their daddy baggage and they go to New York. <laughs> And they befriend, you know, Dana the old Ivey. woman in the park. Oh, Dana Ivy. Oh, my God. I love Dana Ivy. Oh, the Dana Ivy double feature. Dana yeah. Ivy double feature. Yeah. Oh, she's in the color purple. She yeah. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Home Alone 2 would be fun to watch just to kind of if we if we take that note of like, OK, so what happens to the queer when he goes to mm-hmm. New York? And yeah. then, of course, his poor mother goes looking for him. Yeah. Well, two turtle doves. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And of course, she finds him in the park. You know. Yeah. Yeah. She finds him in the park. But I was, uh, you know, even in the toy store, of course. He meets the dandy in the, the toy dandy, store. The dandy, yeah, who, who, yeah, who gives him, who teaches him that you can have both. You can yes, have two. You can. That's right. Oh my god, mm, we should do it. Home Alone two as a gay odyssey. <laughs> Duncan's toy chest. It yeah. sounds like a sex shop, doesn't it? Well, I mean, and and not for nothing, but the sticky bandits. Oh my, the wet bandits. No, they're the wet bandits in the first movie. They're the sticky bandits in the second. Oh, one. it's so stupid. That's right. Ugh. God. Yeah, I always remember he sticks the his fist in the Salvation Army donation jar and it comes out covered in coins because it was sticky. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tim Curry's in that movie. There's, yeah. yeah. There's some there's some gay kind of winks in that movie, I think. I yeah, it's at least worth finding out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I uh, speaking of gay daddies, uh, we have to talk about John Hurd. Yeah, we can talk about John Hurd. Yeah. So, my first instinct is, oh my god, hot dad alert, like 
What, who's that? Oh my God. Who's Colin? You. Oh my God. I hate that I'm bringing this up right now. You and. Uh, oh man. What was your friend's name on volleyball? Um, Chad. Chad. Uh-huh. You and Chad used to talk about. Was his name Muggsy uh, on Pornhub? Oh. <laughs> Daddy Mugs. Daddy Mugs. I can't. Wow, what a deep cut. Daddy Mugs. This Daddy Mugs. <laughs> That's yeah. who I'm getting from John Hurd. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Daddy Mugs. Man, what a deep cut. What do a Daddy Mugs is up to? For I mean, uh, for Matreons, I mean, in case, in case you don't want to Google because it it's gay porn, it's like this middle-aged, like, bigger beefier guy like but hot like dad hot, yeah, in a hot. Way, who like yeah just like fucks these twinks and like it's i mean I, I yeah there's better videos out there but the you know there's something about him there's it's, something about him that's very hot yeah, yeah i'm not really into twinks and porn like it just doesn't do Same. anything for me so it's yeah it has to be a very specific guy that he's having sex with for me to like get into it but yeah i'm mostly focusing on on daddy mugs <laughs> daddy mugs oh daddy McAllister. so here's the thing okay so john hurt did some research because i'm like who's this fucking hot dad i've seen him in some things he was like he, first of all he was married to melissa leo Okay. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think it ended well. No, and like ended up like stalking her, and he was like an abuser. Like he yeah. was a fucking asshole, and apparently was like a total asshole on set. And you know, later in his career, is like, yeah, I could have been a bigger big shot, but I was too arrogant. Yada yada yada. I regret things. Um, yeah, and then of course um, died. Uh, he's you know not alive anymore. But um, oh, yeah, I didn't realize I, he died. Yeah, he died. Uh, he died in um, 2017 of oh. a heart attack. Yeah, very recently. Oh yes, I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah John and- Heard. He was a big name at one point. Like, I mean, he was on a trajectory, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, on some sort. But then I guess people did just didn't like working with him. Uh, yeah, is kind of how it was. He was just kind of like an asshole on set, um, which goes to show you, you know, like you can be a hot dad, but. Hey, listen, yeah, you know, like a hot, that'll get you far. That'll get you in the door and other places, but it's not going to get you to stay. That's right. That's right. Um, (laughs) So, but anyway, so I, yeah, I was all into him and then was like, oh, now I can't, now I just see him as like such a dick. I know. I I can't get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew about the Melissa Leo thing because we did an episode about her on Best Supporting Podcast and Mm. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. So it kind of put me off him a little bit, but like. If I decontextualize it and I just look at like this Midwestern dad in 1990, mm, like making in, a lot of money, making yeah. a lot of money, you know, maybe driving like a Jeep Cherokee, you yes. know, silk pajamas. Yeah. 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 Like then I'm like, OK, OK. Yeah. I I I will happily will happily provide. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'll sit first class and have the kids sit and coach for him. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'll give her that. Like Kate McAllister did say, oh, are we kind of like this kind of shady that we're on first class and they're all on coach? Like she's. She knows. She knows. She she can get into a budget rental van with, you know, the Polka King uh, Kenosha or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think kickers. Yeah. I, I get the idea. Like Kate grew up blue collar. Mm, yeah, Chicago, and then married into this guy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. I, th- you know what? To be honest with you, I think she was a little bit more upper middle class. Like I feel like she was like Evanston. Well, and yeah, like she comes Skokie, from a, maybe. Yeah. She didn't grow up rich. She grew up a little more modest, a little more right. like real. And then he obviously made big money, and she was like, "Well, man, you know." Ugh. Keeps me in, you know, sables and peacoats, you know? That's right. Oh, she's, forget it, Frank. We've got cash. I just love how she just owns the money. It's mm-hmm. like hers, too. Yeah. Oh, I love that, that it's hers also. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't great. know why that tickles me. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara, it's so funny. She totally disappears as Catherine O'Hara in this role, which is also a credit to her. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, the idea that this is the same woman playing Moira Rose is just like banana pants. Like, right. it's just such a 
it's such a different performance. But again, like it's so it's so interesting to me to see a a comedic actress take more of a quote unquote straight role, and, because it like just it's like I don't know that the the lack of opportunities to be so outwardly funny almost like makes it more interesting to watch. Oh yeah, no, she has to restrain it, but and we still see how much she's paying attention. Yeah, which I which I love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, again, I feel like with Home Alone 2, it's like, I want to just like see how the ante is upped. What does she do in Home Alone 2? You know? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. We don't see her much in Home Alone 2. That's what I thought is that like they set up the idea that this happened again, but then it's like, it's more of her like trying to find him when, once she's in New York. Right. Right. So the, the thing is, is that they don't even know where he ended up. So it's him oh. using the it's him using the credit card that uh, has them find out where he is. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, how? Who do we know in New York?" And he's like, "Oh, well, so and so, my brother's renovating his condo, or whatever." Mm-hmm. And that's obviously where like the mansion robbers thing takes place. He he lures the robbers to that. Yep, that you know, house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the, uh, so the first Home Alone is a mother's journey, and the second Home Alone is a queer's journey. That's right. That's right. Him, yeah. you know, taking his daddy's purse. Yeah, homo, <laughs> homo alone. <laughs> oh God, fucked in New York. Yeah, uh. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I we could have seen a scene of him in the Rambles. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing, right? Is like you, you take the wrong turn, and all of a sudden. <laughs> You push a few bushes out of the way and you stumble into a couple of bushes. You know what I'm saying? Talk about pigeons, Mary. You know what I'm saying? Really? There is that prostitute scene when he runs into the prostitutes and they're like, oh, you want someone to read you a bedtime story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was scary. That was pretty scary. Yeah, that'll be interesting also to see that portrayal of New York in 1992. Mm, the grit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the grit for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, Duncan's Toy Chest, I think, is supposed to be F.A.O. Schwartz, right? Yeah, I assume. Yeah, that's the which, same idea. Which closed. It doesn't have a, it, a, a a main store anymore. It did. I think a new one of some sorts did open in New oh. York. But okay. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but does it make money? You know? Right, right, right. Ugh, F.A.O. Schwartz. I remember going there as a kid and like, you know, my mom being like, well, you can buy one thing, you know, and it's mm. like, why do you even bring me here? Yeah. I remember they had one in the mall uh, near me. Oh, wow. I, I guess it was the Woodbridge Mall or the Menlo okay. Park Mall had a um, F.A.O. Schwartz and they had that big bear or whatever his name was. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. And every time you walked by it, it moved and said something. The whole thing. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Get me to KB Toys and get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. KB Toys. Absolutely. The Disney store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know, I feel like the Disney store, because I didn't have the Disney channel as a kid and I wasn't a Disney kid, the Disney store always just felt like. Oh, I think I missed the train. I don't know if I get there. Like I, I know I knew the references, but it just didn't, it didn't have that automatic appeal of like oh, Disney. You know, yeah. It was for me. It was you stop in a KB Toys as a kid, obviously not mm-hmm. an adult. A KB Toys, then the Disney store, and then you leave the Paramus Park Mall and go to the Lord and Taylor Mall, where you can go to Toys R Us. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, at what point do you get the Annie Ann's pretzel? Oh, no, that was never – no, we got um, McDonald's mm. in the food court. Oh, yeah. yum. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, With a Monopoly game. Oh, my God. Do you remember the Monopoly game? Oh, my God. Of course. Of Is course. that still a thing? It must yeah, be. they do it. So when I was in Sacramento, they did it through Safeway, through the supermarket, where you would oh, get – wow. That you would get them – It's basically the whole thing, but you got, like, a certain number of tickets – based on like things you bought or you know blah 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 some whole thing and so i really like i was like okay i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna like make the effort the way they do it of course it's like yeah you'll have like two out of the three that you need and you'll never get that third one because they make like thousands of the two of them and three of the third one you know i don't i'm not even convinced convinced as rupaul would say i'm not convinced Mm. that they even make the third one right there might be one just to legally say that there is a chance of winning but that ticket could be somewhere in a box Mm -hmm. that never gets touched right oh god i don't know oh now all of a sudden i want mcdonald's fries Ugh, Ugh, i know and i want to dip them in barbecue sauce and sweet and sour 
Oh, no. Ketchup for me, Mary. Yeah. Uh, well, then we won't have to fight over it. Mm. All right, Mary. All right. Um, any other thoughts on this uh, 1990 romp uh, no. in Chicago? I think uh, I think this was fun. I was, you know, we got to talk about Home Alone and all of the things about Home Alone I'm interested in and none of the gratuitous violence, which felt great. Totally. Slapstick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, you know. It goes without saying Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are great. Like they're yeah. great comedic actors, but like, God, it just goes on and on. And it's like, Oh Jesus. Yeah. I just, that's the thing of with home alone. I just, it, and they did it on purpose to make it feel painful to watch. That's what they said in that Netflix thing. Right. And I'm just like, well, that's not fun for me. <laughs> as a kid, I liked it, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember how I felt about the violence as a kid. I don't think I, I think it, I think it just didn't register, you know, it was just like, well, that's just what's happening. Yeah. I know that I didn't like the nail in the foot. Part. Oh, of course. Oh God. Ugh. Yeah. That is awful. Um, terrible. Just terrible. terrible. Just terrible. Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts, uh, terrible thoughts or otherwise on home alone, you should reach out to us at all right, Mary on Twitter, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash allright-mary. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Johnny Also or us on Twitter at allrightmary or me on Twitter at Johnny Also one And of course, you can hear more of me on In the Details. You can hear more of me on Best Supporting Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you already know how to get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash all right mary because you are a matreon because you're listening to this episode and for all those reasons we love you we love you for that mm. uh mary's next week Oof. are you ready mary do you remember i is this hey hey you <laughs> no i don't think that's yet oh okay uh, i guess it's two weeks yeah, that's in two weeks. Um, let me see. Let me let me try to find this here. Yeah, what's our uh, next one? Oh, uh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, thing too. <laughs> the movie we're gonna talk about. Yes, I found it. Um, we we were deciding between Christmas with the Cranks, which you hate, or the Net. Oh, right. The net, which is just like, we just want to do the net. Christmas right. with the Cranks is so bad. Um, <laughs> you know, poor Bev Sheely in Christmas with the Cranks. That's Mary, a- we could change it up and make it Home Alone 2. Oh, maybe we should. Let's do Home Alone 2. Okay. Christmas with the Cranks is a terrible movie, and it would just be a hate <laughs> watch and not... You know, it, it it's Christmas, you know? Um, <laughs> the season of perpetual hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> where's your Christmas spirit, Dawn? So <laughs> I, I'm going to instead say, yeah, let's, let's fulfill the journey. Let's watch. Let's do the queerest journey of Home Alone 2. Okay. Yeah. We'll, so fucking all right, Mary. Yeah. God. yeah we'll, yeah. We'll just analyze and pontificate the shit out of it. We'll like make references to things that are, don't even make sense. Oh, totally. <laughs> we'll be like, I really feel like this is the homosexual diaspora of, of our time. Uh, and then you're like, well, Colin, it's pronounced diaspora. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's diaspora. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, he's wearing purple. He's wearing purple. And I'm like, no, it's mauve. And I'm, I'm just not sure which shade of the flag is this supposed to represent. You say mauve, it's mauve. It's not mauve, it's mauve. It is mauve. M-A-U-W-W-W-V-E, mauve. For all of our musical theater Marys out there, never wear mauve at a ball or pink or open your mouth. What is that, Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, you bitch. It's from Into the Woods. Oh. But you um, wouldn't know. You're no, I wouldn't know because I that. hate Into the Woods almost as much as I hate Harry Potter. Uh, That's right. Yeah, you hate Harry Potter. You hate fun. You hate sunshine. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I hate Miles. everything. <laughs> you hate dancing. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> People having fun. You can't stand it. Oh, if I catch anyone having Christmas spirit, don't don't expect me to lean out the window at any point and say, get me a Christmas goose. I am never changing my take on this. <laughs> You're such a Scrooge. Bah humbug, Mary. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, oh, you know what, Mary? I forgot. We We did talk about Scrooged. We did talk about Scrooged. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. But I'm I think okay Home Alone with that. Too. I think yeah. Home Alone too. I think Scrooge should be. I could see the. I could see it being fine and be like, oh, Alfred Woodard, she was great in that. But uh, there, I've now said everything I have to say about Scrooge. Oh, Alfred okay. Woodard was great in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Home Alone too. Okay, Mary. That's it. Marys, thanks for uh, listening to us work that out. We will see you next time. Bye. See ya. Thank you.